you have your Bibles for just a few moments, uh, turn your attention to the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis chapter 13, and I would like to begin my reading at verse number 14. I struggle sometimes putting into words the thoughts that the Lord uh, lays on my heart, and I I. I struggle with wanting to put it in the right context, perhaps maybe too much, but I do pray that you will hear more than a sermon today, but you will hear a message from from the Lord. And there is a difference. Some of you will just hear a sermon. Some of you will maybe even take notes and outline whatever my thoughts might be. But some of you are going to open your ears to the voice of the Lord. And when you do, it's going to make all the difference in the world for you this coming new year and all that God has in store for you. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abraham or Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. I cannot tell you how many times I have read this particular portion of Scripture, but I have read it a number of times in my ministry and in my life, but never in the light that I read this a few weeks ago. And there are four words that leaped out at me when I was reading uh, this particular portion of Scripture and found in verse number 14, And the Lord said unto Abram, After that Lot was separated from him. Lift up now thine eyes and look from where you are. Look from where you are. And that is my subject this morning, from where you are. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, from where you are. Amen. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord and give him praise again right now. There is something mesmerizing about the four corners of the earth, or as some would say, there. 
wherever there might be. North, south, east, west. It doesn't matter the direction. There is something about there that lures the mind. It has been what has drawn the explorer out of the comforts of their home, out of a place where they know uh, the surroundings into an unknown and dangerous habitat. It was the spirit that propelled the pioneers who came to the new world here in America to venture out from the little habitation that they had built there on the east coast of what is now the United States. It was what was beyond those mountains and what was beyond the river and the streams. And so it has been and it still is what draws the mind what is out there, the possibilities, the potentials, the hopes, the dreams, the, the, the discoveries. That's what keeps us going into space, wondering what we will find next. And it continues even in the realm of every area of business. What is around the next corner? What is the next new discovery? Those corners of the earth, whether it be economic or social, what lies beyond is a drawing card to all of humanity. When we speak of the north and the south or the east and the west, we do so uh, considering what is out there. When we talk about what is north of here, we are referencing what we know to be from where we are north uh, of, of this location. There, there's a certain mystery about those things that are out there, what is beyond. It was what lured Christopher Columbus and many other explorers to crawl into a vessel that was ill-equipped and perhaps lacking in structural soundness in some ways, but they would risk their lives to discover what was out there. In the history of old, those who did not know what was out there, it is interesting that on many of the old maps, and I'm talking about old, old, old maps of the world, when they would come to an area that was unknown, they would simply write, uh, monsters live there or ghosts live there or some other kind of uh, aberration of the mind lives there, dinosaurs or whatever. Whatever was most fearful to them was out there because they had never been that far. And so to many, life was limited to just a small sphere. But there's something about what is out there that draws all of us, even you and I to come to church today. Some of you are here because in the back of your mind you, you are just wondering maybe this will be the day that God will speak and I will hear and I will get direction or I will get an understanding about where I am and what I need to do and where I need to go. There is... There's something about the north or the south or the east or the west, whatever direction it is, that tells me that there is something perhaps better out there or something that is 
more thrilling or something that is more challenging that is just beyond. And so we rose up this morning wondering what would be there, there at Greater Life Church. Yet the truth is there, wherever that is, can only be defined in relation to here. Amen. Where I am. You see, the truth is, as mysterious and as alluring and powerful as the four corners of the earth may be, they are not the most important point on the compass. The most important point on the compass is not north or south or east or west. The most important point on the compass is where you are. Because if you don't know where you are, it doesn't matter where north is. And it doesn't matter what, have, what north holds if you don't know where you're at. When you get in your new equipped vehicles that have all of the GPS devices, the first thing they want to know is, where are you? Your location. When you get on your smartphone, but smarter than most of us. Every once in a while when you open a particular application, they want to know, can we use your location? Why? Because the best way they can help you find whatever you're looking for is to know where you are. You could open the map application and you could say, I want to find a restaurant. And I did it the other day. I typed in a particular restaurant name and, and it went all the way to Spokane, Washington. Didn't even know there was one there because I didn't tell them where I was. I had to go back and put it at the bottom. I had to push the little tab that said your location. And then all of a sudden it changed the whole dynamics of what I was looking for. The simple truth is where you are right now is the most important place in the world, whatever that place might be. And the key to going forward in life is found, believe this, listen to me, the truth is the key to you going forward in life is found not out there, but where you are right now. When I think about what I'm trying to get across to you, I can't help but remember an old Justin Wilson joke. And mo there's not very much Justin Wilson told that you could retell. But when I was a little boy, my granddad brought some of his old records to my home. And my mother quickly disposed of them. But not before a few young ears had heard a few of his jokes. But one of them was about an old drunk that staggered out of a a uh, bar one night and he was so drunk and disoriented he didn't know which way to turn to go home and so finally he wised up and saw a phone booth and decided best thing to do is call a cab and have him come pick him up and so he staggers in and he dials the number for the cab and they answer the phone and said I need you to come and pick me up and take me home and the lady was very kind to him said you know We'll be glad to help you do that if you can just tell us where you are. Tell me where I am. Oh, okay. And so he looks around and he staggers out. And 
he sees this, the lights on the corner, and they were flashing walk and don't walk. And he, he said, I'm at the corner of walk and don't walk. And you know what? As crazy as that is, that is really where a lot of people are. They really don't know where they are. But where we are, when we consider this, it opens many vistas. Some, <clears throat> some of you, when you think about where you are this morning, would have to agree that you're in a good place. Things are going well for you. Amen. Prayers have been answered, and uh, you have no complaints. Everything is pleasant, working. But some of you, if I were to talk about where you are, you would have to describe conflict, turmoil, trouble. Some, even as the old drunk, wouldn't, you wouldn't even be able to tell anybody where you are because you're so punch drunk from what all life has done. And so <clears throat> you're not sure. Life has some people in such a whirlwind that they've lost track of where they are. They, they really don't know where, where they are. But listen to me. We cannot escape this fact of where we are, whatever it is, good, bad, ugly, pretty. When we look around at our situation, we might wish it was better and we might hope that things will change or be different. But the truth is where we are is a key place, good or bad. Everybody say that with me, good or bad. Good or bad, where I am is a good place to be for a reason I will share with you. As much as we would sometimes even like to forget where we are, whether we like it or not, it is what it is and make no differences about it if you will. The fact is you cannot escape where you are. You cannot escape where you are, whatever that situation is. And there are many, perhaps even here this morning, who feel like you are trapped. I, I've talked to a lot of people in my lifetime, and, and the general consensus of many of them is, Brother Hughes, I, I feel like I, I'm in a no-win situation. I'm, I'm trapped by circumstances. I'm trapped by poor choices. I'm trapped by bad decisions, I'm trapped by broken relationships, I'm trapped by twists of fate that were beyond my, uh, my, my hand to control, and the list goes on and on and on, that we are trapped, we are in the situation that we can't get out of, or we feel like there is no escape from, and herein is a truth that should unlock the door to that cell that you might be living in today. Because our text is really a key to life, and it is a key to the new year. It is a key to a new way of life, and a new, new enjoyment of life is found in the text of Genesis 13. Because in our, in, in our scripture reading, we come into a conversation that took place between Abram and God. 
And you've got to take note of when that conversation took place. You've got to put it in context of when that conversation happened. It took place after there had been a great deal of tension and friction in in Abram's life. And it took place after there had been some bad choices in his life. It had taken place after there had been a poor direction that had been put uh, forth in his life. And now after the tenseness is gone and the friction and the conflict of his life seems to have abated, Lot had separated and gone his own way. And, and in that separation, there had been a conflict. There, there was a conflict of purpose and a conflict of destinies and a conflict of future hopes. And now all of that seemed to have been quieted. And now he is free from that. And looking back, maybe he saw things that he could have done differently if If you go back and read Genesis 13 and Genesis 12 and Genesis 11, you will find that when Abram left his homeland and came to follow the word of God into that promised land, he had lied to the Egyptian uh, Pharaoh to cover his own tracks and And then he had brought along this troublesome nephew of his called Lot who had a tension and a propensity to go in a direction that was contrary to what Abraham wanted to live as a man of God. And now all of that seemed to have abated. And now now Abram is in a time of quietness and stillness and God comes to him and God speaks to him very clearly direction for his life. And uh, while he's in this this mood uh, of transition, knowing that he can't go back and undo it, knowing that he cannot change what has happened, he has to live with what is. And so God comes and God begins to speak to Abraham and God gives him the most important news that Abraham could ever hear. And that was what we read in our text. God said, Abraham, or Abram, I want you to look up. I want you to lift up your eyes. And I want you to look from where you are. I want you to look from where you are. And whatever you can see, whatever you have a vision for, whatever you have the ability to enclose in your vision, I have the title deed for. Whatever you can see beyond where you are right now, I own all of that. And Abram, I want you to understand something about life. You can never get beyond where you are without first looking up. You can never get beyond where you are without first lifting your eyes off of your surroundings and off of your circumstances and off of your mistakes and off of your bad decisions and off of all of those things that you wish you could go back and undo. You can never get beyond where you are until you look up. Everybody say look up. 
There is such a blessing that comes when a person learns to look up. There is such a blessing that comes when a person learns how to lift their eyes from off of the surroundings that they are in. Because if you're not careful, your surroundings can so encapsulate you that they make you what they are. They, you become part of that circumstance. You become part of that problem. They incarcerate you and they imprison you in their, their holdings and you cannot get beyond that particular moment in time and that's why there are a lot of people that live encapsulated somewhere back in time in their life where something happens something tragic and they close the doors and they shut the blinds and they locked everything away and life for them has remained in that place from that time forward until now because they can't get beyond whatever it was that happened back then. One of the great mysteries, and I don't have the story with me, but I've read it. One of the great, great things that you can explore out in the West in California is a mansion. It's called a haunted mansion, but it was actually built by a very wealthy heiress who went West to get away from tragedy and tragic things. And... Uh, and so she went out there and she built this humongous mansion with doors that go nowhere and hallways that are dead ends. It's the most bizarre home or house that you could imagine. Windows that when you open them, look out nowhere. I mean, it's just a, it's part of the frame of the house. And the woman that had the house built actually lived in it until she died. She was a, a, a young woman who inherited a fortune, but she was haunted by the ghosts of her family's past. And something that her father was involved in, she could never get away from. And so her life stopped somewhere back in time. And everything that she built around her reflected that stoppage of life. And they say that at night she would open the doors and she would invite the spirits of the dead into her house. And at night she would have orgies with these uh, spirits and they would stay up all hours of the night while she would fellowship with these spirits of dead people that had lost their lives because of something that her father had been involved in. She died a tormented woman and in most of our minds a demented woman. But she was the heiress of the Winchester fortune. The Winchester rifle. And she had seen the carnage of war and what her father's invention and what her father's money had funded and what it had produced. And it did something to her mind that she never could escape from. And all of the people that died, she felt responsible for them. And so her life shut down at that moment. And she lived out the rest of her days in this haunted house with hallways that went nowhere, with doors that opened to nothing, and windows that could not allow the sun to shine in.
And there are a lot of other people that are just like that woman. Somewhere back in time, we closed the doors. We locked down the house. And in our mind, we think, I'll never escape this place. I'll never get away from here. A bad choice, a bad decision, a poor direction for my life, and now here I am. I'm trapped. Everybody say, I'm trapped. That's the way a lot of people feel. Maybe not, maybe there's nobody here this morning that feels that way, but I would dare say that if I could get you to be honest, there are some here this morning feel in some ways trapped by circumstances and trapped by situation, and we feel like we can't go where we need to go and be what we need to be, and so we just lock the doors and we fellowship the dead. I have come to tell you what God gave me for this church for 2013. And that is that from where you are right now, wherever that may be, it may be a graveyard. It may be a darkened cell that you built for yourself. It may be some horror chamber that you have developed. But wherever you are, the Word of God said if you will just look up, if you will just lift up your eyes, God said, I've got something out there that you can have. If you can only see it, it will get you out of where you are right now. Just look up and lift up your eyes. And what you see, I have the title deed. I can give you whatever you have the capacity to see. Amen. And so God gives Abraham the most important truth that he would ever know. That from where you are, if you'll look up, the truth is you cannot escape where you are without looking up. You, you cannot get to a better place without looking up. You cannot get out of that trap. You cannot get out of that fear. You cannot get out of that anger. You cannot get out of that bitterness. You cannot get out of that hatred. You cannot get out of that hurt. You cannot get out of that wounded spirit until you understand, I've got to lift up mine eyes. I've got to look up. I've got to look outward. I've got to get my eyes beyond my circumstances and my surroundings. Amen. Look not around you, but look up. Look up. Don't even look within you because that will even discourage you more. Look up. Look up. Everybody say it with me. Look up. The key to escaping where you are and getting to a better place is to look up. Look up. The psalmist described his situation like this. They were prisoners of war. They were far from their home. They were saddened by losses. They were broken in their spirit and they were captives of their enemy. And the atmosphere that they lived in was depressing. And then their enemy came and it seemed to taunt and torment them and require of them a song. And this is the psalm that was written about that time. Psalms 137 verse 1. They said, By the rivers Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. 
For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. But how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? What a pitiful, pitiful song. Amen. But listen to me. Go to Ezekiel chapter 1. Here is a young man who is in the same surroundings. He is standing by the same river. He is experiencing the same feelings that they are experiencing He is fellowshipping with the same suffering. He is part of the same group of people. But listen to what Ezekiel 1 and 1 said. Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the 4th month, in the 5th day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Chebar, the same river that Psalms 137 talked about, I'm standing by the same river. And on one side of me, I hear them saying, How shall we sing? How can I ever praise God in the situation that I'm in? But listen to what Ezekiel found. Listen to what this man standing at the same river. He said, There I am by the river of Chebar. The heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. Oh, listen to me, folks. The only way you're going to get out of where you are is to look up and lift up your eyes and realize that God still owns the world. He still owns the future. He still owns tomorrow. He still owns every promise. And they can all be mine if I will simply look up. Amen. Somebody needs to look up this morning. As a matter of fact, I'm talking to somebody here this morning that you've been doing a lot of looking around the last few days. You've been looking around at your life thinking about all the dumb things you've done and said and thought and felt and and how in the world did I get here and what did I think I was doing and now here I am. But listen to me. God sent me on this first Sunday morning to tell you, look up. Look up. Look up. Look up. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Oh, the blessing that comes from looking up. Looking up from the place where you are can open vistas of promise to you. Amen. You see, what makes the difference between Ezekiel and the others that stood by that river is that those that stood by the river of Psalms 137 simply were looking around or maybe even looking back and they were interpreting life. They were interpreting life from what they saw around them or behind them. But when Ezekiel started writing, he started interpreting life for what was before him and above him. And read the book of Ezekiel and find over and over and over how God came through and proved himself strong. 
Oh, the blessing of simply looking up from where you are and seeing beyond the debris of the moment, seeing beyond what has happened, seeing beyond the calamity of the day or seeing beyond the urgent that comes upon us every day that demands our attention and to look farther than we've ever looked before, to look beyond something that we have been trapped by. Look beyond whatever it is that has limited us. Look beyond whatever it is that telling you you can never be more than you are. If you will just simply have the vision for it, God said, I have the title deed for it. Amen. Whatever you have a vision for, God can give it to you. Eyes that look are common. Eyes that see are rare. You cannot escape where you are without a vision. Amen. You cannot escape where you are without a vision. You've got to see beyond. From where you are. When I thought about that verse and I began to think about our church, I thought, God, there's no way I can pinpoint every place that we are. But God said it doesn't matter where they all are. Just tell them that wherever they are, where you are, is the beginning of something good, something better. That if you can lift up your eyes, no matter how deep in a hole you may think you are, no matter how far away from God you may feel like you are, if you will just look up and lift up your eyes and start looking outward instead of inward and start looking outward instead of backward and start looking forward instead of behind you, God said, I have the title deed of promises that I have not given yet. Look beyond where you are and see something you haven't seen before. And God said, there is the secret to life from where you are. Everybody say it, from where you are. Look up. Amen, amen. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I feel God talking to some folks here today that for night. For, for 2013, that you're going to mark this day as a day of beginning. That today, I made up my mind. Whatever I've got to do to get out, and it may take a little work. I may not be able to get out with a snap of my finger. I may have to go through some things, but whatever, I'm coming out. Amen. I'm coming out. I'm, I'm getting out of, I'm, I'm going to get into a better place. I'm going to get into a better situation. I'm not always going to be like this. I'm not always going to be depressed. I'm not always going to be fearful. I'm not always going to be mad. (laughs) Amen. There's a lot of folks that I run into today that are just mad at life. They're mad at the world. They're mad at everything about life. And then they take it out on people that don't even know anything about them the restaurant worker or the person at the cashier at the store or the person that you drive by on the way to work. They, they, they see your snarl or they hear your horn or they, 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 they get your opinion and they don't even know what's wrong. Just mad. I'm mad because life is not fair. I'm mad because life hurts. I'm mad because this thing isn't even 
I'm mad because I'm hurting and there's somebody over here that's a reprobate and they're doing well and I'm wondering, God, how can you let them do well and they're a reprobate and here I am, I'm trying to do right and I'm hurting so much. And don't tell me I'm not talking about where we are. People get mad at life, mad at God, mad about their situation. But getting mad doesn't help. Getting mad, getting even, those things don't work. The only thing that works is what God told Abraham. Abram, look up. Abraham, lift up your eyes from where you are. Lift up your eyes from where you are. If it's in a prison, if it's in a jungle, if it's in some dark place that you've fallen into, if it's in the middle of a mess or a mistake, look up, lift up your eyes. Because that's where the future is. God said, whatever you can see, I have the title deed for it. I can give it to you. You want a better life? I can give you a better life. You want a better future? I can give you a better future. You want a better home? I can give you a better home. But you're going to have to look up. Let's stand to our feet. Amen. From where you are. From where you are. By the way, where are you this morning? Where are you? Now, I don't, I, don't, I don't need any posturing. I don't need any. I don't need people being politicians right now. I need us to be real for just a few moments. Ask ourselves, Lord, where am I? Where, where am I in relationship to where you want me to be or where I ought to be? And if some of us were to answer that question, we would have to admit that we're not where we need to be. Yeah. But God said, I can get you there if you'll just look up from where you are. But Brother Hughes, how do I go back and undo all that? You can't. You don't. It's done. Once it's out, it's out. <laughs> you can't put paste back in the toothpaste. It just doesn't work. I've tried it. You just have to wash it down the drain, go buy you another tube. But you know what? As crazy as that sounds, some of us will spend a lifetime and suck it back up in there and redo it. Who would want it anyway? If you could, let me ask you, if you could get it back in the tube, do you really want it? Now that it's been exposed to whatever. So why, why limit your life? Why keep defining your life simply by what's around you? Abraham, that's what happened to Lot. All Lot could do was define himself by what was around him. How much he had, what he possessed. That's why there was so much friction in the family. There wasn't room enough for them because there's never room enough for somebody that doesn't have enough. There's never room and there's never a church good enough for people that are not looking for it. I mean, 
You know what I'm saying? It just, it doesn't matter what it is. There's not a job that's going to be perfect enough. So what do we do? Well, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to look up from where I am. And I'm going to believe God that he can take me where I need to be. I'm going to look up from where I am and say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. And I don't know how long it will be before it's all done. But I'm believing for what I see out there. I see a better me. I see a better home. I see a better future. I see faithfulness. I see commitment. I see dedication. I see promises kept. I see all of those things, God. That's what I see. And God said, if you can see it, I I can give it. Amen. Where are you this morning? Anybody here like to go to a better place? All right. I'm inviting you. If you want to go to a better place from where you are, lift up your eyes. Come on. Meet me here at this altar right now and say, God.